to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm peaches and i'm czar fellas have i told you about my playstation 5 <laughs> oh no not another one like this wait 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 yeah, wait, wait. but i want to hear about your pc oh oh, oh. <laughs> oh i don't know which one to talk about anymore have i told you about my switch no that doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah that sounds kind of lame everybody's got a switch that doesn't have power yeah, I mean, it's notorious for not having power. Have you seen The Witcher 3 on the Switch? Oof. I don't know Woof. who decided it was a good idea to put The Witcher on the Switch. <laughs> hey, as long as Zack's happy. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought I was playing Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad more people get to experience it, but man, it does not look good. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a question for another day. Is like, does inclusivity have to be there at the sake of, like, game quality? That's a great <laughs> question for answering gaming's questions, honestly. The question is not, how does it look? It's if it plays. <laughs> yeah, I, and I've never played it on Switch, so. I saw this um, I saw this tweet. It was somebody made it about Little Caesars Pizza, and Little Caesars is like, it's hot and it's ready. And somebody asks, is it good, though? And Little Caesars goes, it's hot and it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about that. <laughs> does it, like, we have, we have Witcher on Switch. Does it play well? We have Witcher on Switch. <laughs> Quality is not the question. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Who wants to do itinerary today? Well, I did it last time, I think. I can I can cover the itinerary. Yeah. How about you pick up the slacks? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. All right. So first on the podcast, we are talking about Harry Potter being more inclusive. Valheim is going big and shocker spoiler alert surprise e3 live event is canceled oh that's a that's bad that's bad boys that's bad news I'm just, i know we just like we that. just dropped the obvious bomb right here on the podcast but we'll have to say goodbye to e3 I we'll we'll get into it more uh later um because there is some there's more to that than there seems Indeed. Anyway, shall we jump into this first article? Yeah, let's do it. So I think this one belongs to me. Yeah, you said you had some hot takes before. I do have some hot takes. Now, the objective in talking about this article is we are just talking about the game aspect of what's going on here and more of like the video game side of things rather than like all of the drama that comes from the background. So here's what we have. Harry Potter video game will allow transgender characters. This article is coming to us from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg.com. So straight from the article, 
The next Harry Potter video game will allow players to customize their character's voice, body type, and gender placement for the school dormitories, taking a stride towards inclusivity after several recent controversies stemming from comments by series creators J.K. Rowling that were seen as transphobic. Hogwarts Legacy is scheduled for 2022 release from publisher Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Inc. and developer Avalanche Software. When players start up the game, they will be able to create a character that has a masculine or feminine voice, no matter what their bodies look like, according to people familiar with the game's development. The people requested anonymity because they aren't authorized or because they weren't authorized to speak to the press. Okay. So I remember when Cyberpunk first came out. And, you know, they were kind of boasting about their transgender inclusion. And truth be told, a lot of people within the transgender and the rest of the LGBTQ community kind of saw them more as like negative connotations of being transgender rather than positive um, or rather than positive representation. I, you know, if you play the game a little bit, I think that some of the representation is actually pretty good. Like, um, Peaches, what's the name of the uh, girl who does the racing in uh, in Cyberpunk? All of her missions. Is it Elizabeth? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Um, I would have to. I know who you're talking. And then she gives you your truck when you finish the when you finish the whole thing. Um, I know yeah. you're talking about, but I think the issue wasn't necessarily with like the specific characters, but like some of the advertisements you saw when like you're seeing trans people, you know, it's these right. these images from advertisements where it's like super outdated images of trans people where like, you know, it's a female body and then like you can just see a huge like dick bulge. And yeah, that, exactly. That, and it's like over sexualized, right? It's like that's part of the problem is it like leaves the sense of like promiscuity within the transgender community that's just not always there it's funnily enough i've actually read up a lot about a lot of these topics in my research through my graduate program so like if i understand a little bit like what's kind of going on here and how even from their side they're like hey this is represent representation and therefore it's good right they don't understand that just because there's representation doesn't mean that it's good representation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So just just to catch Zara up. So in Harry Potter, you can make like a, a male character and they're a witch or a female character and they're a wizard? Essentially, yeah. Got it. And and Cyberpunk kind of had the same deal with where with like at the beginning of the game, you can make like a more masculine or more feminine body. But that doesn't necessarily dictate gender because you have other options as far as like the voice and like obviously the size of your genitalia was a huge thing that Cyberpunk was boasting. Ooh. And yeah, so things like that. And it seems like this Harry Potter game is trying to kind of go for the same idea. And Obviously, the weird part about that is J.K. Rowling is kind of a controversial figure in all of this, right? Kind of. Like, just, just a little. Yeah, she's like... She's she extremely has, controversial. I know, I know, I know. You're right, you're right. But yeah, that's like kind of the genesis of the issues here is it's like, okay, that's fantastic with the Harry Potter game, but J.K. Rowling has just said 100% trifling shit about these communities in this game, so what's the representation going to be like? Well, 
the reason why I brought up Cyberpunk is because I actually think that like with moments like at the beginning of the game or like the transgender story of that uh, woman that you do the car missions with, it could actually be pretty decent. How do you guys feel about transgender representation in video games? Um, I think it's I'm, awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm obviously pro transgender in- inclusivity into video games. I think you, you should be able to you should be able to project yourself onto the characters you're playing as in video games. It doesn't need to just be like the old timey. All right, here is straight white man character all the time, always. One hundred percent. What about you, Zar? The way I see it is, you know, from a business standpoint, the more people that can feel comfortable with the character that they create in like their image, the more people are going to buy this game. Like if you have a very limited character creation, not a lot of people are going to play the game because that's a huge thing that people focus on. Yeah, 100 percent. And I I love both of those points. Um, I especially love what you were saying, Peaches. It's like there is nothing wrong with me making these games more inclusive. Right. I love the fact that, you know, they're making these games more able to be like projected on by these different people. And, you know, that it's not such an exclusive, like, gamers boys club type thing anymore. That gaming is really for everybody. You know, that's why I love listening to podcasts like Travis's over at Rainbow Road. is because, like, I love it when they feel like, you know, the gay representation in video games has gotten a lot better. And that they have, like, this sort of ability to talk about these things openly. Because the representation is getting more to, you know, equal. I really appreciate that. I love what Harry Potter's trying to do here. And I think you kind of mentioned it with the cyberpunk thing. It, it's not just including trans people, but, you know, it's including them like in a positive light. You know, like just having trans people in your game doesn't mean that it's automatically, you know, a great thing for the trans community. Just like, you know, Mr. Potato Head being Potato Head now isn't suddenly going to fix all the issues in the trans community. Like, right. People just being awful to the trans community. But, you know, more more inclusivity is better. Yeah, some publicity can be bad. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Now, with all of that... Oh, sorry. Wait, sorry, wait, 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 wait. With all of the controversy and all of... Um, everything that we just talked about aside my selling point is are there still going to be giant spiders in the forest oh aragog's gonna be there baby do we know that though cool cool yeah do we know that because if there's not any giant spiders in the forest i'm not buying this game they've been real careful to show as little (laughs) as possible from this game i mean i i can't confirm giant spiders in the forest right now well as long as they're plausible. Honestly, you're 100%. You're 100% right. So, I mean, go, going aside from the topic of transgender uh, representation in the Harry Potter game, I'm extremely excited for this game, period. Because, one, like, uh, you're, you guys are right. We don't have a lot of information about the game yet, and it's scheduled for a 2022 release, which means we're probably not going to have it for a while. But from what we've seen so far, they're boasting open world. They're boasting like a pretty true experience to some of what you can do in Hogwarts. And I'm assuming that means going into the forest and like seeing there's yeah, giant spiders array of characters. Yeah. Giant spiders like what and centaurs. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. I want to see it all. I want to see Dementors. I want to go to Ollivanders and pick out my wand. I want to drink butter beer. <laughs> oh my god, I want some of that butter beer so bad. They have some down at the uh, Harry Potter world. Yeah, but apparently <laughs> it's not that good in real life. I don't know, maybe. Sh you shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your whore I mean, mouth. Let me believe. Um, real Just let me believe. <laughs> real quick, uh, you guys think they're going to have like a South Park-esque problem and like I'm sure they already passed this, but you remember when said the South Park game was coming out and the creators of the South Park were asking, like, oh, is it Trey Parker and Matt Stone? Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the creators. Um, yeah, they were asking. I was like, all right, so like, what's the layout of South Park? And they were like, oh, I don't know. We uh, it's just like, all right, we need to go to Kyle's house. Cut to Kyle's house. <laughs> we need to go to Cartman's house. Cut to Cartman's house. So I wonder if there's any of that kind of issue with Hogwarts, because there is a lot of like you don't really see the interior of Hogwarts and like how to get up from one place to the next. It's a lot of like, all right, they're going up the stairs now and they kind of just ended up where they needed to be or cut to they're in the hallway and they're heading towards the uh, big lunch hall or food. Okay, hall. so I can't I can't believe I'm about to be that guy that <laughs> says this. That's only if you watch the movies. The books are better. <laughs> yes, I said it. I said it. Where's my medal? I mean, I've, I, okay. I, I mean if you're doing I'm this just, for the meme, like I've read all the books too, but I don't recall them mentioning floor plans for Hogwarts in there. <laughs> the Marauders map was featured. Ah, Marauders map. Yeah. Huh? Marauders map is some of it, but that's that's hardly the whole thing. But don't you see that that's the value of this video game? It's because you're right. Like, we don't, you know, Hogwarts seems huge and magical and like full of secrets and amazing cool stuff. But we never get to see any of that because we're focused on Harry's bullshit <laughs> all the time. I mean, I, it's true. Kind of like with the yeah. Star Wars universe. Get away from the Skywalker family and you got a lot of cool shit around you. Precisely. My only point was, I wonder if they've had to have that issue in development, but I am excited to see, you know, the entirety of, of Hogwarts. Okay. I want to go into the bathroom with Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> why do you want to do that, JP? Yeah, why? Why don't you mind your business? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of leads me, well, not, not right. the Moaning Myrtle thing, but my final question that could lead to a hot take. Have we had a good Harry Potter game in the past. I mean, have you seen those those caps of uh, Hagrid, like from PS2? <laughs> from the PS2 game, yeah. <laughs> so that's yes. the last one I played. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I played that for the original Xbox. I remember that game. I mean, like I think, there there, a, yeah, there were a couple. The, the later ones, I don't remember being good. At the earlier Harry Potter games, I remember being good. Yeah, I think I had well, now we'll like Chamber of Secrets and then like Quidditch World Cup on my old PC on like a CD-ROM. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Quidditch World Cup one was supposed to be bad, but like the earlier, I think like Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets and... Chamber of Secrets was yeah. frustrating with the stealth aspect. I'll say that. I was pretty bad at it, but it might have been because I was a dumb idiot kid. That's fair. <laughs> You could have just stopped at dumb idiot. <laughs> I, I'm still a dumb idiot, but, you know, back then I was a just dumb older. idiot and a kid. I'm done with Harry Potter. Extremely excited for this game. Can't wait to get more news about it. And, uh, Zara, this is, this is a PS5 game, Zara, I think. I don't. I didn't hear him say anything about this coming to the Xbox. Oh, it's not coming to the Xbox? Why did I even care? <laughs> anyway. Zara, you gotta stop being salty. 
All right, you're being a salty McSalterton right now. Just admit you want this game. Just admit you want this game. I'll stop being salty when Xbox does something good. Never! <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What do we got next? Well, next we got Valheim has now sold 5 million copies, boys. Woo! All right, Peaches, I am personally now going to give you the I was wrong song. I was wrong song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, I was wrong because I sincerely thought Valheim was going to be a flavor of the week thing, and I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. (laughs) This is blowing up. All right, that's all I wanted to say. Here go. All right, so... The article doesn't really matter because, I mean, you could look at the Steam charts and see this kind of stuff, but... Uh, it's the, we, the article came from The Verge, and Nick says, The Steam Sensation Valheim has sold 5 million copies in one month. That is absolutely insane. Especially for That's an bonkers. early access game that only has 5 people working on it. That's 1 million wow. copies per developer working on this game. Quick maths, boys. Did you, Holy did you say shit. 5 people? 5 people. Oh my god, I didn't know that. That's wild. Talk about striking gold. Yeah, this game is incredible. I got a lot of playtime out of it, and now I'm just waiting for them to add content because once you beat the game, unless you're the kind of person that likes to just kind of keep going and building stuff, you kind of hit a brick wall with where they're at right now. But I got a lot of hours before I beat everything, like all of the bosses that were in this game. And it is it is a lot of fun. And you can play with like up to 10 of your friends. It's so fun. I, I can't. This is this is the Viking game to play. OK, so my stupidity and possible new listeners. What what is Valheim? Like what what is this game? How do you play it? All right. So Valheim is the newest survival Minecraft esque style game, right? So, Ooh. you know, you, you start off and you're naked. <laughs> Naturally. As one usually finds themselves. <laughs> so, you're sorry, you're not bare naked. You, you do you do have underwear, JP. Uh, JP just refunded. Yeah, refund. Loincloths! <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you start off in your... It's this whole Norse setting, and you're, you're building up your resources. You're getting, you know, better gear uh, as you continually move through the game so it's like you start off with wood and stuff and then you move to flint and then you move to bronze and then you do this and that but like in between there there are these things that kind of stop you and you have to go fight the boss before you can move on to like the next upgrade and so before you fight the boss you kind of also want to do these other things like all right well i gotta build up my base and i gotta get this food and i gotta do all these up this other like random list of things and I think it does the Minecraft strategy better than Minecraft does. And, and that's, this is not to say this game is a replacement of Minecraft, because it's not. But it's like yeah, a mixture. Minecraft was just a cornerstone for yeah. different varieties. It, this is a mixture of Minecraft's like Rust and Terraria. And yeah, but all of those all... games originally okay. stemmed from Minecraft. Yeah, ex- exactly. It, it, they, they stem from the idea of Minecraft. And, you know, there's the, the building and crafting systems. There's, you know, there's there's a bit of a hunger system. But the thing about it is it you don't die because you haven't eaten, right? Like, you're not going to starve to death. 
but I really like the way they do it because you eat to like gain better stats essentially. So the better yeah. food you eat, the stronger your character is. It's not like you don't eat. All right, well now you're starving to death and you're going to die. Congratulations. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that system. I like the system that rewards me for eating. And kind of like Zelda's breath of the wild system. Like it's, Kind of like you get buffs and things. Yeah, yeah, kind of. For eating. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's a really fun game. I love the Viking aspect of it. They, they really nailed the setting and the tone of the game. It's kind of like, there's not a lot of music in the game, okay, but the music the fits phone, the atmosphere. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. All right, holding. Uh oh. We have breaking news. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a random insertion that is absolutely necessary here. I just received a Snapchat from our good friend, Zach, and he just achieved elite status in Smash Bros. What? Yeah. He just achieved elite a- status in Smash Bros. Congrats, Zach. Yay! Breaking news. I feel, I feel like that person on the on like the news where it's like they're they're trying to like talk about this story and they cut him off and it's like, guys, Justin Bieber just got arrested at his mansion. It's like, all right, well, I guess we can cut him <laughs> oh, That's exactly me. what happened. Yeah, well, I guess we have we can stop talking about poverty and things now and talk about cool stuff. <laughs> Zach I, is I, now I, elite. I, <laughs> <laughs> so Peaches, I I'm really interested in this game now, and I have a couple more questions. So the concept of this game is incredibly interesting and fun and cool, but, you know, there's mechanics kind of borrowed from a ton of different games I'm kind of noticing. So what is making Valheim so unbelievably popular amongst these people to make it sell 5 million copies? And do you think that justifies the price tag in 1999? I think if it's a beta, so it's it's actually early access, and this is the most complete early access game that I have ever played. Um, okay, but I think the thing that makes this game like that separates it from others in the genre is that first of all, it feels very complete. Right? There's there's certain things that aren't aren't in the game right. yet, but you can tell that they didn't just push this game out so they could make a quick buck. Like they actually put time and effort into this, and it's really good. The second thing I think is that it takes the, that kind of generic survival game formula, expands it and makes it better and makes it so that it fits the genre that it's in and fits the aesthetic that we're going for with this Viking theme. And, okay, it, you know, you can <laughs> you really feel like a Viking when you're playing this. No, game. <laughs> shut up. Stop it. Feels like you're a Viking. <laughs> I, you, you get a message from IGN, don't move. <laughs> um, that Dude, I'm going to have to get into this. It sounds like a blast. Um, what else can you tell us about the game? If it's beta right now, have they given any information about what's coming with the full release? If it's so complete already? Yeah, they've, they've released a full roadmap of where they want to go with this game. They haven't released like any dates on when these things are coming out, but the first thing they're doing is they said they're going to be expanding. Like, well, we have to assume they're expanding the crafting element of this game. So the the next update is called Hearth and Home, and okay, you know, you don't know what's coming with that, but just from the name of it, it's like all right. So they're going to be adding more stuff so people can kind of build 
more and customize their Viking house even more than what they already have. Which, by the way, the crafting in this game is the first one where I've built a house and I wasn't like, this is the biggest piece of trash I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's so true. Even in like Fallout, uh, like my house always sucks so much ass in Fallout. Speak for yourself. I built a floating castle. When I played Fallout 4, I quit because I hated everything I built so much. Well, that's because everything you make in Fallout is made out of trash. It's not even that. Like, I saw people making cool stuff. It's just mine looked like shit. But with this, but with this, with this game, I really felt like when I was looking at my stuff, it just with how simple and easy to access the crafting system is, you can build something and be proud of it. Just don't look online and see what other people are building. <laughs> That's that true. That's <laughs> so true. I, I, I highly recommend this game to you guys. Like, I would also recommend playing this with a group of people. But Zar, pass it over to you. Zar, what do you think? Does this look like your kind of game? Vikings are cool. That they are. I feel like I've heard <laughs> this before. Flashback to when you guys were talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. What can we say? Vikings are cool. <laughs> Vikings are cool. Are. They're so cool. They really are. Oh, real quick, the sailing in this game, dude. Oh my god, the sailing fits so well. Are there well. shanties? They, oh, yeah, they're sailing. No, you don't sing sea shanties. Your character doesn't talk. Oh, <laughs> oh Black Flag's better. <laughs> well, Black Zero Flag wasn't. Ten. Black Flag wasn't Vikings. <laughs> but there were shanties. But there were shanties. Peaches. Yeah, but the first like what was it five hours of Black Flag was trailing missions. You shut your whore mouth. It's a good game, but you really <laughs> got to trudge through trailing missions to get to the fun stuff. Okay, you're right. But my only point was the sailing mechanics in that game were primo. The the sailing in this I, game is a lot of fun. It reminded me of like Sea of Thieves Light. Ooh, okay. Sea of Thieves is fantastic too. Yeah, I really like Sea of Thieves. Xbox exclusive. And PC. And, well, Xbox and PC are basically the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they have all the same. They have access to all the same shit now. When I say Xbox, PC is included. Oh, that's convenient. And, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> before we move on real quick, this was just a fun stat from that article. Valheim uh, has or has now had people spend more than 35 million hours watching Valheim and over 16,266 years playing Valheim and like overall combined game time Holy from everybody shit. playing. Holy shit. That's in one this month. This game is taking off. I'm going to download this after this. One I'm month, dude. So, That's I'm nuts. psyched. Seriously, good for the developers, good for any streaming platform, recording platform. Holy shit, this is the next thing. I, I cannot hype this game up enough. Yeah, shout out to Eric again, Jakey, Tyler, Mitchie, the others that I, you know, <laughs> that we played with. It was, it, this was such a fun, this was such a fun time to play. And it's such a good multiplayer game, but it can also be a fun single player game because these boss fights are fun. They're different. And Vikings, man. Vikings. And shout out to my friends with normal names. Shout out to Dan and Will. <laughs> and shout and out to Eric. Zach for becoming an elite in Smash Bros. Breaking news. <laughs> All right. I think you have the last article of the day. It's been kind of a slow news week. Not every week can be gold. Yeah. Zar, what are we talking about next? Well, <laughs> speaking of not great news, E3 has been canceled. No. no. All right. So, 
so, we all saw this coming. <laughs> the, of course we did. Well, let's all let's all take it back a step. All right, so E3's live event has been canceled, right? So that just means there's no again for another year. There's no in-person stuff happening with E3 this year. That's so. There's a COVID. chance we get E3, <laughs> but when I was reading this article, they haven't really fully found developers to come show stuff at their <laughs> their Ooh. conference yet. Because, you know, Sony pulled out, Nintendo's doing directs, Microsoft's got their showcases. This week on Xbox. So, really, <laughs> these guys need to, like, they need to find some big-name developers to come show shit, because these other guys are kind of leaving you in the dust. Alright, alright, let me set the scene here. Nobody's at 3-3. There's no, like, stands, no games, no developers, nothing. In the center of a room is only a single pedestal with a blanket covering it and a room full of people. A man in a nice suit walks through and says, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to present to you the next big advancement in gaming. He removes the blanket and boom! Ball in a cup! <laughs> ball in a cup! <laughs> ball in a cup! It's great! There's a cup and it, there's a ball and a string that attaches the ball to the cup and you get the ball in the cup. Ball in a cup! Why is that? And not everyone the next loses game. their minds. <laughs> VR ball. <laughs> Let's use the next big advancement in, in gaming for ball in a cup. I logged 150 ball in hours a, in ball in a cup. Ball in a cup. But no, okay, okay. So developers and studios pulled out from E3, and I thought that was bad at first until I remembered, guys. You know who's gonna be at E3 this year? My mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can she get me tickets? No. She didn't even get me tickets. If no. she got you tickets and not me, I'd be very upset. <laughs> no. The KFC console is going to be here. This is why to watch E3. I still cannot I, figure out if yeah. that KFC console is a meme or not. It's baffling me. What are you talking about? I have mine pre-ordered. Unironically buys the KFC console. <laughs> I don't actually have it pre-ordered. I don't think you can pre-order it yet. It's still just being talked about. What if the KFC console turns into the PS5 where pe people just like scalpers just start buying it and trying to sell it for twelve hundred? Doesn't even have any games on it. Yeah, it's just it's just a console that hold, keeps your chicken hot. <laughs> Scalping for twelve hundred. All it needs. Someone's in line. Someone's in line being interviewed. Like, so you're buying the KFC like warmer, right? And they're like, yeah, I can't wait to get my warm chicken. And then the interviewer is like, what game are you going to play first? And they're like, it plays games. <laughs> it plays games. <laughs> I just wanted a chicken warmer. Well, apparently it's supposed to be like a PC and I don't we should probably get back to E3. But no, it does have interchangeable parts like you can upgrade it just like a PC. Yeah, we talked about that in an episode. It's actually pretty cool. To be mm. honest, it really is. All right, yeah. so here's the next, here's the first E3 announcement. Lights go dark. Rockstar logo pops up. GTA 5 for KFC console. Oh, damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. That's our show, folks. Okay, so um, <laughs> so obviously this is, uh, you know, probably because of COVID. But I mean, you guys raise a really good point. Like what we were talking about before this is where like PlayStation, Nintendo and Microsoft all have their own events now to showcase their products and don't have to deal with the competition of other people on the show floor. 
I thought that that's an amazing opportunity for E3 to be a showcase more about indie titles and like smaller developers. That's why I was excited for it. It brings up the question, what do you guys think the future of E3 is? Do you think we're going to continue to see it dwindle until it's not even there anymore? Or do you think there's opportunity to make it great again? Make E3 great again. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So here's here's where I think E3 is heading as it is right now. I think E3 is going to not be where you hear about and get excited about the next big consoles that are coming out. Like, I think, wasn't it uh, like the 360 and the PS3? And maybe even oh, the that PS4 was the were biggest all, E3 event. Yeah, they were all announced yeah. at E3, right? But yeah. instead, mm. it, I think it is going to be a lot more game shit. That was all the lunchroom could talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, you'll, I think. We, if we're lucky, and you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo don't scoop them up first, we might still be able to see like big developers, like maybe Ubisoft or um, who else makes multi-platform games. I was gonna say Naughty Dog, but Sony's gonna keep a tight rein on them. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's PlayStation's baby right there. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. I maybe like Ubisoft, EA, I, I maybe Bioware since Bioware is owned by EA. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll see these people who make games for multiple platforms or like JP said, maybe we'll see some more indie games, maybe some like PC specific indie games, you, you know, become more the, the focal point of Ray. We got E3. A, a third party development showcase because we got really excited for those for Nintendo. Well, that's because I absolutely adore indie games. And I think that's so much heart and work and Honestly, better titles sometimes than AAA games come out of these developers and they deserve the attention. Oh, it's true, but like I the, highly doubt we'll see indie titles at E3. I, I, I know, mean, the only I'm time saying, you see like indie titles, like indie titles do go to E3, but they don't get showtime. Like they're just like on the like they're usually at the live event on the floor, you know? Yeah. And so but I, it could bring, be so much more than yeah, that. Give man. them some airtime, man. They deserve it. And, you know, with these indie studios, I don't really hear about, you know, the issues that you hear with big studios with like crunch and, you know, the mental like load that the work puts on them. You know, it's like these guys have an actual vision and passion for making a video game. And precisely, you know, maybe that's instead what it of be. E3 being a yearly event, they should go to like a monthly cat catalog of all of these things that they would showcase in person um kind of like do you do you remember the glory days of g4 where there was a weird show that didn't have any dialogue or anything whatsoever other than just 30 minutes of game trailers i i remember Fuck, seeing yeah. like that kind of stuff at gamestop like you know you'd go on you'd look yeah. on the tv no, at gamestop and a- it just was looping game trailers from g4 yeah that was broadcast programming from G4. They would just lump in a bunch of gameplay and, you know, trailers that they have featured on their other shows. And that was a a time block of airtime. I think E3 should capture something like that. Just rapid fire, random trailers. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I I like hearing from the developers, you know, there's some times where I actually want to hear from the developers and what their vision for the game is. Because like just oh, showing a trailer, like, I, I would I would love to see you know like you know you drop the trailer and you know it's what the you know it's a spectacle, but then I want to hear from the developer. 
as long as it's not gratuitous, right? Because we talked about it last time, like uh, last year when PlayStation's event and Xbox's event happened at almost the same time. I think Xbox, like, I love hearing from the developers as long as it's like, equivalent to the gameplay you see like i felt like xbox was showing like 15 seconds of gameplay and then a five minute like interview with the people making the game and it's like look i want to hear from these people i really do but 15 and they minutes really is need gratuitous. to keep it concise like stop thanking the fans for supporting your game and just talk about your game all right like, so if you saw footage yeah. for breath of the wild yes you would want to sit there and watch gameplay trailer but you would also really want to hear the content from the developers of it, like explaining what was going on too. So I think just it's all not just ten context. minutes of it. So <laughs> yeah, just not ten <laughs> minutes. Of it. You know, PlayStation was literally like, "Okay, we have a game. Here is that game. Thank you. Here's five more games in the next and minute. Then, and there's yeah, a test afterwards. Much. You know what I? <laughs> you know what I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to see some." that doesn't actually play video <laughs> games get up on stage and be like gaming it's the thing that brings us all together as gamers oh Anyways, how many times do they say just that dance 18 here's just <laughs> every game why, this is bringing gaming I mean. together yeah, that's why we really respect people like Phil Spencer, right? Because they bring authenticity to the, t the table when they're talking about these games. Because he's not just there as some businessman that's like, gaming. <laughs> gaming. <laughs> like the aliens guy, just gaming. That's an old, that is an old meme reference. Oh, but a classic. Oh, classic indeed. That You know, Peaches, you're absolutely right. It's so refreshing when people who actually play games like and love the game making process are the ones giving these presentations and not sleazy people that's why my favorite moment of the game awards was watching the team from among us accept their award because they were so unbelievably happy to be there yeah as they opposed to the last of us part two guy coming. they really didn't as opposed to the last of us part two guy who was just like oh another award hold my beer huh. hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I I love seeing like authenticity from these developers and not just the formulaic kind of shit. Like, and I want to say Last of Us Two is like a formulaic game. Maybe it, you can make an argument either way, but I think most people would lean towards no. But I I would I I just I love seeing people who are excited about making games and excited to show their game to the public to like I don't know be received well yeah absolutely alright I think that is it for the news for the week who wants to move on to game releases who's got them yeah I was gonna say I, di I did it again last week I, ooh, I will ooh, bitch me, about it me me uh, czar czar all right, all right, all right. So on March 12th, we have Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, and the Nintendo Switch. Then, I'm actually so unbelievably excited for that. Why? You already have it. No, I don't. I thought you had it on your PS4. Nope. I was waiting to get a PS5. Ah, well, get excited for March 15th. March 12th. But on March 16th, 
We have a little list here. We have Kingdoms of Alamar, Re-Reckoning for the Nintendo Switch, Munduan, Mundan, Mundan for the PlayStation <laughs> 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X slash X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We have RBI Baseball 21 for all of the Xboxes, PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, and mobile. We might have to think about the sound effect for mobile. <laughs> Mobile's <laughs> the yeah, new stadia. That's a, yeah. Mobile's the new stadia. That's Next, a great, yeah. I love we that. have Samurai Showdown for the Xbox Series X slash S. And finally, last but not least, Czar already has his pre-order in. Stubbs the Zombie Rebel Without a Pulse for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch and PC. So there's a little something in there for both you and I, for both you and me there, huh? We're not talking about Crash in this hype up. Uh Uh-uh. Crash has had his spotlight. All right, all right. You talked about Stubbs a lot too, though, but just give us a quick rundown. All right, Why are you excited? I am super excited because this is the second time Xbox has taken my money. Hopefully they don't take this game from away from me again. (laughs) $40 is as much as I will spend on this game. (laughs) That's fair. Anywho, you play as Stubbs, who is obviously a zombie and basically just roams around a dystopian or I guess utopian futuristic city munching on the brains throwing his body parts at enemies and you know just kind of having a good time it's a a classic (laughs) remake of a 2005 game don't expect a lot with graphics or like not clunky controls but it is a hell of a lot of fun well hey I'm excited man I I think I want to give this a try too do it I really do and by that what I mean is I'm going to come over to your place Hell yeah. Like I said, I, I do already have it pre-ordered. In fact, it downloaded it onto my Xbox. And when I tried to click on it, Xbox was like, hold on. We know you want to play, but you got to wait. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to wait. Good news is by the time this episode comes. Oh, wait, no, it still won't have come out. Damn it. <laughs> it's just 10 more days. Oh, Maybe I'll freeze myself like Cartman. Ten more days from recording, but, you know, shorter than that for when this episode releases. But who's counting? That's true. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here for the day? Valheim, best game, don't at me. I have a quick hot take. Are you guys ready for this? Uh Uh-oh. I... I beat the tutorial in Demon Souls. Hey! I, I did it, boys! Hey! World Star! That's oh, how geez. you know you've made it. <laughs> you know, I've actually heard that Demon Souls is one of the easier Souls games, so. No, I heard Demon Souls made Dark Souls look like My Little Pony. <laughs> well, we are hearing from two very different people then. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to have to look more into that. All I can do is speak more about my experience. And uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But once you figure out, like, you know, a few tips and tricks and a lot of vodka, you can get through it. (laughs) Got my shit rocked in the first game. Never went back. Oh, dude, I couldn't even get if I mean, if that's a testament, I didn't even get past the tutorial in Dark Souls 3. I, I like this is unbelievably hard. I played Dark Souls 3. I got past like I think I got past the uh the dog boss 
There's something of the boreal valley or something and he you know he's on all yeah, fours yeah 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 um i got past him and i was like i don't know why i'm doing any of this i don't know the story of this game and i quit laws <laughs> and i quit <laughs> so i threw it all on right. the ground <laughs> All right, boys, I think that is going to do it uh, for this episode. So thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.